This is COVID and I, a feel-good podcast that relates to and addresses how we have managed lockdown, loss and lunacy. Join us as we explore the positives of COVID. It's had a powerful effect on us all. Who are the friends we have made and what are the things that we have learnt from a Scouse perspective? Hello everyone, I'm happy to be joined today by Elena from Richmond Fellowship Time Bank's previous podcast course, It's It's About Time. John McGlone has made the most out of his learning experience and gone on to great things like giving talks on trauma and homelessness and much more. So John, I understand you have experienced homelessness in the past. Yes, hiya Paul, I have. I was homeless a couple of years ago, 2019. I was sleeping rough on the streets. I then was in a, the YMCA night shelter. From there, I got a room in a hostel. And from there, I moved on to support and accommodation. And then back to independent living. Now, essentially, it was a, a situation of just having no house, no home, no hope. and nothing to look forward to so it was just a gradual progression right through all of those stages and now it's 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 nice to be back to independent living again would you be able to tell the listeners a little about yourself and what you've been up to in the past 12 months in the past 12 months it's been a busy time what i try to do i try to balance everything so i can do my own things, such as my reading, learning up on things, keeping up with the latest news. It's the COVID situation has obviously placed limitations on some of that with regards to visiting venues. So most of it has been done online. I've been, oh, we did have a break in the between. When COVID, when COVID decreased, lessened, we had a slight break there where we were able to go and visit the venues again, but most of it has been done online. So I've been doing courses, been doing training sessions. When I was homeless I and when I was in the hostel, because there's very little you can do to try and alleviate the situation you're in when you're on the streets and there are many limitations even in the YMCA night shelter it's when you get to the hostel stage that for me and my experience that's where you can start to move forward again and actually see a way out of the situation what happened there was Crisis, the homeless charity, their Merseyside Skylight on Kent Street in Liverpool, one of their tutors come out to the hostel to run a photography course. So I signed up for that and that led on to many other courses. Um, I've done the, the wellbeing courses, meditation courses, relaxation courses, music, guitar courses. And that allowed me gradually to build up my confidence again and see that the, 
there was a more positive outlook for the future. And it was like a sort of, like a tree growing and branching out because when I started participating and engaging with crisis, that built me confidence up. And I started to engage with other organisations. Now that tree began to branch out. So from crisis, I started attending the excellent podcasting course, what we're talking about now, and that helped immensely as well. I moved on with attending other courses that were provided by Crisis, which was the Framing Language Project. And with that, what we try to do is change people's perception of homelessness and social issues so that we can try and remove the individuation and the self-makingness aspect of it where the individual is blamed for their situation that they're in and it's all down to their poor choices in life and also people think that homelessness and when I talk about homelessness, I also include many other social issues. It could be mental health issues, death, bereavement, substance use disorder, alcohol misuse, and all of that can be caused by bereavement, relationship breakdown, debt, unemployment, benefit cuts, all of that all contribute negatively to a toxic mix which pushes and pulls someone into those situations. For example, homelessness, the likes of mental health is an important factor because that can be both a cause and a consequence of homelessness or any of the other issues that I've mentioned. So that led on to, as I say, engaging with the Richmond Fellowship and meeting Rod and Vicky. Also, that initially happened at the Adelphi in Liverpool. It was a crisis presentation there. And the Riffing Fellowship had a store in the Adelphi. And that's how I got involved with it. We've done other things. We've had our photograph presented or displayed in the Walker Art Gallery in Liverpool in the Linda McCartney retrospective exhibition. And from that, we've done a co-produced interview on Radio Merseyside. It was myself and one of the communications departments from the Walker Art Gallery. And we've done a morning interview on Tony Snell's breakfast show. So it's all of this from engaging with the Ritual Fellowship, with Crisis, taking part in the podcast a few years ago, the sessions there, has led to many things, say the Framework Language Project and the Frameworks Institute, the Pi Advisory Group, Psychologically Informed Environments at Crisis, um, writing articles for the Psychology magazine and also interviews with the Ministry of Community Housing and Local Governments. So all that has come from my participation and enjoying the this podcasting course a few years ago. So it has led to many things.
I was going to ask you, John, um, could I ask you about your beard um, and when you got it? Yes, Paul, I had them before I became homeless. Fortunately, I was able to. The sad thing with becoming homeless, the difficulties were that I knew that I was going to become homeless. I'd already been served the Section 21 eviction notice. And I had the fortune to be able to get my the budgies somewhere else. So they were looked after. Before I become homeless, there was two of them. Since then, they've done what budgies do, and there's a few more of them now. There's five of them. So they're settled well again. And yes, that's the situation with the budgies. They have an eight knack to mimic. If we were online maybe an hour ago, you could have heard them singing some Cindy Lauper or something. And also, uh, can you speak about any personal challenges you have faced during the pandemic? What has limited me has been not being able to go out and visit places, which I can understand the situation. Why that has, why that decision has been made. So I have had positives with it, but for me, I tend to look back on what I've had that has. I've been able to do while I've been isolating during those times. And I also hear you live on the Wirral, where there is some big contrast in the social and economic landscape. And I know we are fast approaching an economic downturn, but is there enough help from the voluntary sector to help people out of work and poverty? The Wirral is quite a distinct place, it's a peninsula, and it is, there's quite a distinct social and economical divide on the Weddell. If you look at the east side of the Weddell, the River Dee side, then that contains places like West Kirby, Caldy, Gayton, Thurston, and those areas tend to be quite or very affluent areas and much more rural than the side of the Wirral I'm on, which is the west side, which is the River Mersey side. So there is that quite distinct divide between the two sides of the peninsula. The western side, the Mersey side, tends to be more industrial. There's more factories, there's Camelade Shipyard. It's a more urban and built up area. There's much more traffic. There's certainly more health issues on this side of the world. Much more poverty, obviously that's related to the health issues. There's higher rates of crime, unemployment, higher debts. One startling and quite alarming factor is the, if you consider the two sides of the world, if you consider the more affluent, more rural eastern side with the more deprived western side, such as 
Birkenhead, Wallaces, Tranmere, Rock Ferry. I think it's something like, and this is quite alarming and shocking, the life expectancy difference between those two sides of the world is something like 11 years. So people on the more affluent Western side can expect to live 11 years longer than people in the more industrial Birkenhead side of the river. I really find that quite shocking. With regards to what you mentioned, the voluntary sector, the voluntary sector for me, and I think for a lot of people, that plays an invaluable, invaluable part in solving the social issues that many people face, certainly on this side of the river. Also, when I say the voluntary sector, um, considering they're the third sector charity organisations, and as I say, they are invaluable. With regards to my experience of being homeless, charitable sectors played an immense part in my journey through homelessness. When I received my Section 21 notice, which was saying that I was going to become homeless, which I already knew that. I was just being pushed and pulled in directions that I had no control over. When I went to the council officers, their reply was, and I presented my Section 21 notice, their reply was essentially, there's nothing that can be done, done at the moment. Come back when you are homeless. Well, the damage is too late that there's too much to overcome. Intervention should have been placed earlier in that journey to resolve that situation. The council and many other governmental departments tend to be, from my experience, quite siloed. And it can also seem like a tick boxing exercise and they don't get to know the person and there is limited appreciation of the situation that that person is in. That is not to demean the council or their officials, that's just the way that those organised tend to be organised. When you mention voluntary organisations, the Mission Fellowship and providing the podcasting course and providing support with mental health issues, then they tend to be more knowledgeable, more experienced, more compassionate, more empathetic about the situation. They tend to provide a much more personal approach to the individual, much more appreciative of the situation that you're in. And they tend to have a better network to deal with all of the issues that cause some of the social issues that we now face, such as debt, bereavement, what causes homelessness, financial issues, unemployment and they have a great network where if they have limitations in how they can deal with it they are able to signpost you elsewhere where more information can be provided by specific people who deal with each of those issues the importance of that and the provision of voluntary third sector organisations is that they can, and this is a very important point, they can help to turn 
despair into hope. They provide a more person-centered approach, as I mentioned, and they start by not being regimented in saying, do this, do that, do that, in a didactic way. They tended, they ask more, well, what do you want to happen? What? Where would you like to be in the future? And then it can work that way. And that was provided with the Richard Fellowship by Rod, by Ricky and by the rest of the staff there, it just gives a more personal approach. And as I say, turning that initial despair to hope is a very important part because that can decide whether a person remains in homelessness or sees something positive in the future to aim for and to work co-productively with service providers and to move forward. So the voluntary charity sector provided, for me, an invaluable part through that journey of homelessness. And finally, John, what positives have come out of the pandemic for you and how have you stayed emotionally connected? Some of the positives Paul mentioned, and that was, it's given me periods to self-respect and periods of introspection to realise the journey that I've come through. It has given me a greater appreciation of how some of those issues can be resolved. When I mentioned earlier about self-making this and people are often blamed for the situation they're in, that gives people the opportunity to overlook the systemic failings in society. People don't just decide to wake up in the morning and become homeless. It's not a case of thinking, oh, I think I'll have a go being homeless today. That'll be a change. You are pushed up and pulled into that situation. You're getting closer to the edge, closer to the brink, and then you fall over that brink. And that is where you need support from voluntary organisations. So it's given me a greater involvement in working with those organisations, seeing pathways through the issues that people face. And it's important to realise that those issues can be many and conflated and they all mix in together. So to help a person through that, it will need all those issues, mental health, debt, employment, all resolving. And where organisations and the likes of Rod and Vicky's help, they help to build the person back up and give that person some faith back in their life. When I was in the hostel, two people died. That was really, that was as upsetting for the tenants in the hostel as it was for the staff who were running the hostel. And the sad thing is, people tend to accept the situation they're in and sometimes accept that blame, which is foisted upon them they sometimes don't get the opportunity 
to move forward. They sometimes don't see that there can be hope for the future. And that's where suitable interventions need to be provided along that journey. John, I find your story very inspirational. Uh, and I'd like to thank you very much for taking part in today's Sound Ideas to Share podcast. It's been very enjoyable talking to you, Paul. Thank you.